When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Tomorrow marks the 25th anniversary of Everclear's smash 1997 album So Much for the Afterglow, which featured hits like Everything to Everyone, I Will Buy You a New Life, and Father of Mine. I spoke to frontman Art Alexakis in 2020 when he performed at City Winery in Washington, D.C. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Now, before we dive into the show, uh, I want to fill our listeners in on a thing you said you're dealing with right now. Your air, uh, airline just smashed up your guitar? <laughs> oh, well, thanks for laughing for the $6,000 guitar. Thanks, dude. Um, actually, one, one, one of my guitars, but it's, it's the main one. It's the six string. I got a 12 string, too. But, yeah, they, it looks like um, uh, a forklift, you know, one of the two forklift things. Uh, it looks like one of those went through the case and went through the guitar. So, um, yeah, that's fun. So I'm dealing with that. I got, got to figure out, I'll probably, uh, buy another guitar or get a loaner or something. Uh, uh, we're trying to figure that out right now. But, now was, that uh, the, yeah, was that the exact one you were planning to use at the DC show? Yeah, man, I'm on tour. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing North Carolina tonight. I got, uh, New Jersey tomorrow and then uh, Philly the next I, I'm sorry DC the next day so yeah that was going to be one of the guitars I was playing <laughs> well hopefully you get that sorted out before the show that's a pain pain in the butt man but hope and hopefully no, they you, can reimburse you you, 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 you well, let's hope so don't hold your breath but uh, they uh, I, I mean you told me to just play air guitar so maybe I'll do that <laughs> well either yeah, way we get the I'm able to get to hear that awesome voice. Uh, all right, well, enough, uh, enough about the, the airline mishap. What, what, can, what, what, are, what are you doing with you with this solo show? What can we expect to hear? Do you play any of the Everclear stuff, or is it all like your new solo stuff? It's all Everclear stuff. I play about four songs off the new record. I've been writing and singing Everclear for, you know, 25 years. So that's been the majority of my singer-songwriting uh, over the, you know, over my career. Uh, I did just put out a solo record, Sun Songs, which came out in October, and I'll be playing a few songs off that as well. All right, cool. And what what do you like about doing these little, you know, more intimate uh, solo acoustic gigs as opposed to, you know, rocking bigger venues with the band? Um, you know, is it is it just the intimacy thing you like? Intimacy. We're still rocking the bigger vi- venues with Everclear. We're going out to celebrate our 20th anniversary of our fourth album, Songs from American Movie. That was our fourth platinum record in a row and uh we'll we'll be doing hits off that all next year so this is this is a nice juxtaposition of playing to smaller crowds and more intimate like you said and and uh it's it's just fun it's a different thing awesome 
Well, uh, remind our listeners how it all got started. Um, before you even joined the band, like when when you were when you were young, you know, how did you get bit by the music bug? Well, I grew up with the Beatles. I'm older, man. I, you know, I saw the Beatles on TV when I was four. It's not the first time they played uh, the Ed Sullivan Show, but the last time in '66. And I remember coming out of my room and sneaking around the couch and watching it. You know, when I was supposed to be in bed, and uh, from that moment on, I never wanted to do anything else. And you know, I went. I, I I grew up as the youngest of five kids, so I was heavily influenced by the music around me, and I listened to everything. And you know, I went through hard rock and and Motown and soul and and uh, then punk rock and hip hop and uh, alternative. I mean, some. Big bands for me, the Beatles, the Stones, the, uh, um, uh, you know, um, Zeppelin, and then uh, Sex Pistols, Ramones, um, X, L.A. punk band, big band for me. And then, of course, uh, a lot of the more alternative bands from uh, Early Soul Asylum and uh, uh, The Replacements and Husker Du and R.E.M. and then, you know, the Pixies and... Um, Sonic Youth and um, and uh, Public Enemy and and uh, just all, all sorts of all sorts of different music. I, I I love it all. If it's lyrical and it's powerful and it has a hook to it, I like it. So that's kind of what started Everclear. And I, you know, I started Everclear with the idea I was looking for people that that's what I wanted to be was a singer songwriter. With a with a hard rock slash punk rock band, and how, remind me how you guys got together because that was you had moved to where was it again? Was it uh, Portland? Portland, Portland, Oregon. Yeah, I put an ad in the paper and found some guys. Didn't work out very well. I found some other guys, and then I uh, went back to those guys, and then just slowly over the last twenty five years, replaced people as it goes. It's my thing. It was never a band like, hey, let's start a band. It was. It's always been my band. Right. Right. And um, when you guys, I mean, I remember it's God. I was I was I was probably in like middle school. So you were, you guys are like the soundtrack of you know that whole coming of age period for a lot of my life um, and a lot of you know people in my circle. But um, I know a lot of your a lot of your songs were were pulling from some pretty heavy stuff that you had endured growing up. Um, you know, heroin girl, father of mine, stuff like that. Um, uh, how, how did you? How were you able to pull from some of you know stuff that that's really really hard stuff that people go through in everyday life and and turn it into music that people can relate to and you know see a light through? Well, I mean, let's let's put it in perspective. I'd say about a quarter to a third of my songs are autobiographical, but since I like to write from the first person because I like storytellers, that's what I like to listen to. I like people telling stories and and losing yourself in a story, whether it's autobiographical or not you know there's got to be truth to everything you write so i'd say about a third are autobiographical about a third are like i'll take from different parts of my life or things i read about or hear about and i'll create characters and then some are just i just create a you know just write a story just make it up um and it it depends on which song you listen to santa monica not autobiographical the only thing autobiographical about it I grew up in Santa Monica, California. That's the only thing. And it's next to the ocean. Uh, Father of mine, totally about my dad. Wonderful, kind of a, a blend of like songs from, of, you know, like 
some from my life, some from my daughter, some from my friends, some from one of the guys in the band, some from my ex-wife, uh, just images that I took and put together in this one character of writing a song from a kid's perspective of their parents breaking up. Uh, so I write different different ways. And yeah, you know, sometimes it's hard, but I like hard. I like the challenge. I, uh, I think that's what makes us a little bit different from the next band is that we write story songs. You know, it's not in the 90s. A lot of people were really into just imagery and writing lyrics that, that were very caustic and cryptic. And uh, we've got some, I, I've got some lyrics like that, but most of the time, even if it's cryptic and caustic, I want it to uh, tell a story from from one perspective or another. Awesome. Um, I want to I want to do a deeper dive into a couple of those y- you mentioned. Um, and we're radio, so if you can paint me a visual picture, but when, when you sit down to write, you know, I will buy you a new life, for instance. Do you remember where you were? What inspired that to come out your your pen? Yeah, you know, I it, it's funny. I I was uh, it was after Sparkling Fade and uh, that the success we were already recording the next record, which was going to become so much for the Afterglow. But it, it wasn't called that at the time. I'd already recorded the majority of songs. And then I was writing more songs. And it was around Christmas time and setting up all the lights and stuff. And I just, I remember being in my office and uh, at my house. It was just a bedroom. We just bought a big house up in the West Hills. And I, I had a, a desk in there and also a couch where I would sit and write and you know, late at night where I wouldn't bug anybody. And I remember writing these lyrics down and, and just talking about it. And, uh, and then I started playing the song. And then the next thing I know, my, my wife, who it's kind of about, my wife at the time, my second wife, uh, was sitting there crying, listening to, to, or not really crying, but just really emotional listening to it. And uh, it's funny, even though I wrote that song for that relationship, and I've been married twice since then. I've been married to my wife now. We've been together 16 years, and we're excited. Congrats. So, thanks, brother. And and we got a 12-year-old daughter. And, um, you know, it, it, it's weird. It's like that song, for me, and I think for a lot of other people uh, that I talk to, fans who like, who like my music, are, you know, they, even though their lives have changed, that song, still has meaning but maybe in a different kind of way like like i say a lot of times you know i wrote that for one lifetime it was like it was a different life and now it it has different meanings for my, my my current life but it's still relevant all these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Now, how about everything to everyone? What was going through your head at that point in your life for that for that song to come out of you? Um, that was, uh, well, the music-wise, I remember listening. I, I remember being in Macy's. We were in New York uh, to, to we we were uh, for the uh, MTV Awards, and we were we and uh, I went shopping at Macy's the day before to get some clothes. We'd just come back from Europe, and I met my wife and my daughter at the time there. This is in '96, I think, right? And uh, I remember hearing drum drum and bass music on uh, on the on the in the music, you know, way in the background. And I remember just kind of going, finding a speaker that I could listen to it a little bit closer. Cause I kind of, I really dug the groove of it. And then I, at the same time, I was getting calls on my cell phone from the president of Capitol who was like really trying to like push me into doing these, these shows for friends of his for like no money. And, I, I just like, you know, I, I just, it felt like this guy's a, this guy was a manipulator. You know, I'm friends with the guy now and, and we've got a good relationship now, but at the time I just felt like he was the man. And, uh, lyrically, I just, uh, that's where it came from. It's just, you know, those people in the industry and those people in your life that, you know, they just, they don't have any real personality of their own. They, they're whoever. They think you want them to be to get what they need from you, and uh, and musically, I just came up with the riff and I wrote a bunch of notes about the beats, how I wanted the beats, because I wanted this record to sound different than Sparkle and Fade, which was a lot more straight ahead. And uh, I just uh, when we got in the studio, I started working a lot with uh, my drummer, and he would come up with beats, and I would I would I would come up with beats that he would try to recreate, you know that. I'd, Thing on a table, and and uh, we worked it out, and it was uh, one of the first rock records to have Pro Tools beats on it. You know, they just we'd just gotten Pro Tools, and Pro Tools uh, a, a year, six months earlier, and instead of making it sound mechanical, I wanted it to sound hypnotic. So that was that was the idea behind that. Awesome. And then, of course, father of mine, my listeners will, you know, you know, beat me up if I don't go <laughs> go and get an in-depth thing on that one. But that must have been, you know, that must have been a really, you know, really personal thing to write. You know, but how was it? Was it sort of cathartic? Oh, it's, when, of course, it's cathartic. It still is. You know, it's funny is like, I don't know if you have kids, but uh, I uh, something people with children do a lot of times is. They'll just go watch their kids sleep. I know it sounds weird, <laughs> but it's like you watch them sleep and you see their face at 100% at peace, right? And it's just it's just a wonderful thing. And uh, I remember watching my eldest daughter sleep when she was must have been about six, six or seven, and. And then this emotion just came on me, and as we left the room, I just I said to my wife at the time, "How does a man walk away from that? How do, how do you walk away from your child?" I understand, 
my mom had always told me, you know, people change, you know, adults change and relationships don't always work out, but a real man moves down the street and raises his children, you know, helps raise his children. And I've always believed that. I still believe that to this day. And I remember going into my office, shutting the door and just writing, just writing these words, you know, and, and these, uh, uh, some story, I'll do that sometimes. I'll just write paragraphs and then I'll go through and find themes and create lines out of it and then move them around and create verses and, and then I'll see what's not there and it'll be, you know, I'll, I'll know what to write. That's one process. I use different types of processes when I write because you don't want to get locked into every song sounding the same, either lyrically or musically. So I try, I try to constantly find new ways to build the process. Gotcha. And then uh, maybe time for one more. Wonderful. When you write that. Yeah. I, um, you know, I had been a child of divorce and I grew up in a housing project where just about everybody was a child of divorce. So I had seen a lot of domestic issues growing up. And one of the things I, I, I grew up, I didn't want to have kids because I didn't want them to go through the hell that I'd gone through. But when I had a child, I didn't want, I and watching her go through a divorce between me and her mom was one of the most excruciating things I'd ever seen before. And at the same time, I had a friend who was going through a divorce with his, with his uh, ex-wife and he had two kids. And, and I had a friend who was a female who was going through the same thing and custody and all that crap. And, uh, I just started writing things that, you know, that I felt and that uh, I had heard them say and that I'd heard other people say in books, you know, going, being a child of divorce and watching my daughter go, go through it. So that's kind of an amalgam of, of different things where I create one character from those different, you know, experiences. Gotcha. Um, all right. Well, you, you've been definitely been more than generous with your time, and I know you got to sort out a guitar thing and <laughs> figure that out. Yeah. So uh, we'll let you run. But just sort of in closing, you know, why should our listeners come on out to your show on the 10th? You know, give them a final pitch here. I don't pitch, dude. <laughs> we'll leave it there. No, check it out. If you don't know my music and uh, you don't want to come see it, don't come see it. But if you like 90s rock and you like the songs, and you 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 like to record music, you're gonna have a great time. I'm gonna I put on the best show I can. It's it's personal. It's it's uh you know it's uh it goes back and forth. It's uh, reciprocal between me and the audience. And I always come out after the show and meet with people. And there's a part of the show where I take requests and questions and stuff. So it's very interactive. So. If you're looking for a night of, of good songs and, and fun, come on out. Awesome. Appreciate it. Everybody, again, it's City Winery, D.C., um, down on Oakey Street Northeast. So thanks so much, Art, for joining us. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.